Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So today you're, good, you're going to be getting two homilies, and that's because the Archbishop wants all the priests during the season of Advent to talk about different aspects of the Eucharist in this year of the Eucharistic revival. Uh, but I also need to talk a little bit about Advent since it's preparing us for the coming of Christ in Christmas. And beginning with what we heard in our first reading, we had Isaiah chapter 40, which is a real turning point of that particular prophets, the book of that prophet. Because leading up to that, Israel was suffering and they had several different wars they were dealing with. They had a couple different deportations and the people were really struggling. And so at the beginning of chapter 40, we have this, this commission of Isaiah to give comfort to the people. And then there's the prophecy that comes and it says that the hills are going to be made low, that the valleys are going to be filled in, that there's going to be a highway, in a sense, so that people will no longer have to struggle in order to reach God, but also that'll open the way for God to quickly come into the land as they also resettle in the land. And you have this, this great and tender image of God gathering his lambs. And it even has this expression where he's gathering them and holding uh, his lambs close to his chest, close to his heart. It really is a, a very tender image of God. It's not entirely unique to that part of Isaiah. There's another reference in a parable by uh, Nathan, but really where that gets fulfilled is in our New Testament era because John the Baptist is preparing the same thing. He says everything that Isaiah was prophesying about, about that coming of the Lord and that opening of his ways uh, that is being fulfilled in the Messiah. And so John the Baptist is proclaiming that. And as he's proclaiming that, Jesus is beginning his ministry. Now, of course, we also see that there is the, uh, the allegory of Jesus and when he calls himself the good shepherd. And so you can see that again, he, he takes his lambs and holds them in his arms and it's that fulfillment of that divine care and love that our God gives us. And even in the Last Supper, when we see the beloved disciple, uh, when he's on Jesus' chest, again, that's a bit of a, of a fulfillment of that. And so I think it does give us a great indication of the God that we worship, the God that we know and love, uh, that he loves us first, and he knows us better than we know ourselves, and he wants nothing more than to bring us into himself and to hold us close to his heart. And so that might be a good uh, image for us to keep in mind as we get closer to Christmas. Also, I do want to talk a little bit about the Eucharist. And last week, I talked about the scriptural references to the Eucharist, uh, in particular looking at the institution at the Last Supper, as well as John chapter 6, and then the constant understanding of those different uh, types of implicit and explicit scriptural references to the Eucharist. So today I want to talk a little bit about the theology of the Eucharist, something that you will find in Vatican II documents as well as what you'll find in the Catechism. And the first thing to keep in mind is that when we hear the word Eucharist, which literally means Thanksgiving, 
sometimes we, we tend to get a little narrow with that and we think of it only as, as the host or the cup, uh, the species. Um, but really when we talk about it in its fuller sense, it's talking about the entire celebration of the Eucharist, uh, which is what we do at Mass. And I remember in seminary, uh, Father Paparini was giving our class and he says, I really want you all to think of the Eucharist as the celebration of the Mass is one big long prayer beginning with the opening song and finishing with the closing song. He says, try to see the, in, the entire Mass is one big long prayer. Don't, don't get so narrowly focused on the Eucharist as if that's the only important part of the Mass. And I think there's a great wisdom in that because that fuller sense of the Eucharist is what the Vatican II documents talk about when it says that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And what that means is not just the Eucharistic species, but it means the celebration of the Mass. That what we are doing here today is a bit of a retreat. Uh, God has drawn us in and we come to Him and we bring our hearts and our minds and our souls and we offer our worship and our praise and our prayer. And as we do that, He nourishes us. And afterwards, He sends us out into the world with that divine presence so that we can be part of His transformation of the world. So there really is that understanding that we come here, we're drawn in, we get nourished, and we go out. And it's a constant pattern that we have. And that's why it is the source and summit of the Christian life. It's where we, where we come to get connected to our God and to bring Him into our own lives and into the lives of others. You know, so we have that, that larger perspective of the Eucharist. But we also do have the more narrow understanding of the Eucharist, uh, that we as Catholics, we follow the 2,000-year uh, understanding that it is not just merely bread and wine. It's not just a, merely a sign, that, but what it is in its essence, in its substance, is the risen Jesus. And there are various ways they've explained that over the year. Uh, they've talked about it as the true presence, the true presence of God, uh, or Jesus. And the, the more defined sense is what we call transubstantiation. I don't know if you've heard of that word. It's a, it's a fancy word that basically means that the accidents of the Eucharist, how we sense it, you know, how we see it, how we would taste it, touch it, it would appear that it's bread and wine. But what it is in its substance or its essence is the risen Jesus. And so St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, kind of using Aristotelian philosophy, defined it in that way. And the church has pretty much accepted that as a, a great uh, definition of how we understand the Eucharist. And so it truly is the risen Jesus. And so that's, you know, something that we've held on to for 2,000 years. Again, we didn't just it didn't just come out of nowhere, but it was using Jesus' own words when he said, this is my body, this is my blood, and we've kind of held to that. Now, in addition to that, it's also important to realize that the Eucharist was not just given to us in isolation, uh, that it was something that, that was brought about in God's intention through the celebration of the Mass, and in particular, in, in the context of the Church. Uh, that that every time we celebrate the Eucharist as a church, uh, there, there really is a different thing going on than a private devotion. So in a private devotion, for example, I can kind of go off on my own and, and pray a rosary or, or say some different quiet prayer, which is great, but that's different 
than the communal prayer of the church in the celebration of the Eucharist. And what I mean by that is when we come to Mass, we don't just put on our blinders and think this is all about Jesus and me. That we understand this is when God and his whole family come together and offer worship. And so we don't do that in isolation. We have to be considerate of those around us, and we have to consider those around us in our communal prayer that it helps to really bring that to life as the family of God is joining themselves with the angels and saints and offering prayer, praise, and worship. And so we all have a part of that. And that's also why it's important that we have a local church. It's our home. Uh, the family of God here at St. Cecilia is our home. You know, maybe sometimes we don't really understand that in that way. And I'll, I'll hear even people talk about, they'll say things like, you know, well, your church, Father, you know, or their church, but it's our church. You know, we all have a share. It's like we all have a part in this. And also, it means that, that what we offer to ourselves in the context of the church is also what we offer to God and how he comes to us as part of his family and he nourishes us in connection with one another. And so it does give us a little bit of a perspective. And so maybe those two things we can kind of keep an eye on for this next week. Uh, first of all, that image of Jesus as uh, the good shepherd, you know, who brings us in and holds us close to his heart, you know, that we can understand that tender love and compassion that the Lord has for us. And then also maybe just to have a little better appreciation for the Eucharist, uh, the source and summit of the Christian life, uh, to understand the individual uh, sense of what the, Eucharist is, what the Eucharist is, but also to kind of see it in it, its greater perspective as a celebration of God's family and the church and the way that we get connected as his family to our God and how he shares himself so fully and meaningful to us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.